Good afternoon and welcome to the Serious Security Seminar from Purdue University. Our speaker today is a senior PhD student working here with Professor Arif Ghaffour in our Electrical and Computer Engineering Department, uh, Mohammed Umer Arshad. His topic today is Trust Management for Publishing Graph Data. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. Uh, thank you, Andy. And thank you for the opportunity to come and speak at uh, Serious Security Seminar. Uh, as some of you might know me, uh, my name is Muhammad Umar Arshad. Uh, so I am a PhD student in ECE department. Uh, uh, I must admit that I am not a computer security and cryptography guy. So previously, uh, during my PhD, uh, I have worked in the problems related to database systems, parallel data systems, uh, performance evaluation, query processing and optimization, and resource management schemes uh, in distributed systems. Uh, the work which I am going to present today uh, uh, has been done in joint collaboration with Ashish Kundu at IBM Watson Research Center and Professor Alisa Bertino. So uh, just to uh, start uh, with, so uh, in this talk, we uh, I, I will not be, uh, we will not be touching the privacy aspects. So we are just dealing with the security of data, and we are actually uh, dealing with the security of a specialized kind of data structure, graph data. Uh, and when we talk about security, uh, we will be actually dealing with uh, trust management. Uh, uh, which falls under the umbrella of the security. So the outline of my talk is as follows. Uh, motivation, what is the motivation of my current work and what was the re some related work? Uh, what are the main contributions which we made? Uh, and then uh, uh, I, I will describe uh, our main contribution, client resistance hashing for graphs and perfectly client resi resistance hashing schemes for graphs and at the end some performance results for our uh, experiments and algorithms. So motivation. So as we uh, all know that graph structure data and models are on the rise in graph databases in biological and healthcare data as well as modeling system and network topologies and social networks for example friendship, collaboration and correspondence. So, so, so it is a very prevalent and very commonly used data structure. For example, if we talk about Facebook, LinkedIn, etc., uh, etc., et Twitter. So, basically, these are all graph structured data which connect different communities, different groups. Uh, so, and and in this, this data structure, there are nodes and edges, and there are different kind of relationships between those uh, uh, nodes and entities. So uh, let me give you a motivation scenario uh, uh, for my work. So uh, we are here talking about uh, a particular scenario uh, where we use internet services like platform services or software services uh, over the internet. And we are all familiar that uh, in cloud computing, there are such services present as platform services, software services, or hardware services. So it is very common f 
for the owners of the data to actually uh, give their data to some third party to publish that data online to use their services or to use their softwares. Uh, so ultimately what happens, the users on their side, they actually run queries and they try to retrieve their data from those third party servers and those third party servers actually uh, process the query and return the required result to the user. Now there is this issue that those third party servers are third party services, they may be compromised uh, and and the result which is ultimately returned to the user, uh, it, it may be forged. So when we talk about the integrity of data, here in the trust management, uh, we, we are talking about the integrity of the data. So by integrity of the data, we mean that once a user has received the result uh, from third party servers, so how he can be assured that this data has not been forged and this data is complete. By forging of data, when we talk about graphs, uh, basically there are two things, the content of the data and the structure of the data. So we all know that in graphs, uh, there are vertices and those vertices are connected through edges. So it is quite possible that the untrusted server may forge this data and uh, there uh, is this possibility that the content of the graph itself is changed. So for example, the data which is present in the vertices are nodes of a graph that may be forged, that may be changed and also it is quite possible that somehow the structure of the graph may also be changed. So somebody there may remove some edges or add some edges and similarly remove some vertices and add some vertices. So the user, at the user side, the users uh, want to be assured that the query answer which I have received from the third party server or the results which I have received uh, that is uh, that has not been forged so it means the content and the structure of the result which a user has received that is intact as present in the original graph or the original data which was present at the uh, uh, untrusted server so integrity verification uh, where uh, when we talk about integrity verification of graph data, so we are actually talking about two main things, the content of the graph and the structure of the graph. So in, in this paper, the focus is to develop some cryptographically secure hash schemes to hash these graphs so that both the content and structural integrity of the data is not violated. The other thing uh, which is of interest is uh, uh, the integrity also encompasses this concept that the data which uh, a query returns that is complete. A complete means, so for example, if you run a query against a graph database and that query should return uh, n vertices and m edges, so the complete result is returned by the server. The server does not retain some of those x vertices and y edges. So hash functions are used towards the verification of integrity and digital signatures and they are the fundamental building blocks of all modern crypto systems. Traditionally when we talk about hash functions basically we have a string of length n and then hash function basically compresses that strings and outputs another string 
uh, which is a compressed version of that input string and whose length is less than n. So uh, traditionally the hash functions basically compress the input string and generate an output string which is a compressed version of the original input string. But when we talk about graphs, uh, in graphs we don't have strings. Uh, we have vertices and then there is relationship between those vertices in the forms of edges and links. Uh, so this problem becomes a little bit challenging that how you can actually compute the hash of a graph. So th therefore the problem of hashing graphs with respect to crypto systems need to be studied and addressed. Traditionally, uh, a very common uh, data structure which is used for hashing trees is the Merkle hash technique, uh, uh, which was presented in a, a research paper in 1989 uh, by Merkle. But uh, people have used Merkle hash technique to hash trees, but this Merkle hash technique cannot be used uh, for graphs because graphs are more complex data structures. So, so I will elaborate on this concept uh, in my later slides. So hashing graphs poses several challenges. As we know, graphs have several nodes and edges, with each node having multiple incoming edges and outgoing edges. The edges may be directional and there may be sequels in the graphs. There are four types of graphs that are of interest in this paper are in this presentation. Trees, directed acyclic graphs, graph with sequels, and graph with multiple sources. So any questions so far? I will briefly uh, go through some related work. So two of the most closest techniques uh, uh, which are related to our work are Merkle hash technique and search DAC technique. So search DAX technique is a variation of Merkle hash technique that uses Merkle hash technique as its underlying mechanism. So what is the Merkle hash technique? So a Merkle hash is a basically bottom-up uh, mechanism to compute the hash or digital signature value of a tree. So if we have a node X in a graph, so the Merkle hash of that node, if the node X is a leaf node, the Merkle hash of that node is computed as uh, the hash of the content of the value which is in the leaf node. Otherwise, if it is some internal node or root node, so it is the concatenation of Merkle hash of all the children of that node and then uh, we compute a global hash of that concatenated uh, hash value of all the children of the uh, internal node. So let me explain this uh, through an example. So if we look at figure A, so E and F are the leaf nodes. So we can compute the Merkle hash of E and Merkle hash of F by hashing the content value which is stored in, in the internal representation of these nodes. Once we have the Merkle hash of E and Merkle hash of F uh, as computed, so we can compute the Merkle hash of D as the concatenation of the Merkle hash values of E and F and then computing the hash value of that computation, uh, hash value of the concatenation of nodes E and F. So uh, here you can see that. Uh, similarly, to compute the uh, Merkle hash value of uh, internal node B, we will need uh, to have the Merkle hash value of D, and to compute D, we will need the Merkle hash value of nodes E and F. So basically, this is a bottom-up 
uh, procedure to compute the hash value of uh, trees. But we cannot apply these techniques for graphs because in graphs uh, we can see that uh, uh, there can be different kind of edges. So there can be some forward edges which I will elaborate, some backward edges and some cross edges. So because of those forward, backward and cross edges, uh, the Merkel, the traditional Merkel hash technique cannot be applied to compute a global hash values or a global signature of the graph. So uh, uh, let me step back. In fact, I forgot to tell you the, the focus of uh, this presentation. So here I, we, we are trying to address a specific kind of graphs. We are dealing with directed graphs. But those directed graphs which have cycles and which may not have cycles. So when there are cycles in the graph, so they pose some several challenges. Uh, so there, and basically uh, we can categorize the edges in a directed graph in four different kind of edges: tree edges, forward edges, cross edges, and back edges. So because of these forward cross and back edges, we have different cycles in the graph and those cycles basically uh, did not allow the Merkel, traditional Merkel hash technique to be applied to directed and uh, uh, undirected, uh, directed cyclic and acyclic graphs. So basically uh, in, in this research we propose some schemes so how to tailor or how to modify the structure of these directed graphs which have cycles and which don't have cycles and to modify that original input graph so that we have a resultant graph or resultant data structure which uh, we will elaborate in later slides which we call that efficient tree of that input directed graph and in that efficient tree representation we have actually taken care of all those forward backward and cross edges. So uh, I will skip the previous two slides. So uh, what actually happens in um, Merkel hash uh, uh, computation of trees that there are some privacy breaches uh, which and there can be some privacy attacks which can be executed uh, on the Merkel hash which is computed on a tree. So when a user uh, runs a query on remote server and remote server returns the results to the user. Uh, in terms of graph, what is the result which is returned to the user? In when we talk about graphs, the re result which is returned to the user is actually a subgraph. So basically, that subgraph is returned to the user, and under this third-party scenario, for the user to be able to verify the integrity of return result, the third-party server actually also returns to the user a set of verification objects. That set of verification object is actually a set of vertices and edges which is not part of the result which is returned to the user. So uh, that part of graph which is not returned to the user as part of a query result, we called it a redacted subgraph or we use this terminology redacted graph. So the third party server computes a set of verification object or some kind of verification information which is also sent along with the query result uh, uh, to the user so that user can use both the return results and the verification object uh, to verify the integrity of data. 
So in case of uh, uh, Merkel hash technique, uh, I will not elaborate that and go into detail. There are some privacy breaches that uh, once a user actually receives his subquery result, so they, he, he can actually execute some privacy breaches and he can execute some privacy attacks. So when we talk about a graph, so the, based on the subquery or subgraph results which the user has received, the user can actually infer some other information about some other nodes and some other links which were not part of uh, his result which the user has received. So how, how actually uh, we can develop some schemes that user actually is not able to infer some other nodes and some other links information which is not part of his results. So we will address uh, uh, those issues uh, in this presentation. So what are the uh, main contribution we made uh, in this work? We define the practical and formal security method, uh, model for hashing schemes for graph. We define the formal security model of perfectly secure hashing scheme for graphs. I will elaborate by what does it mean for a hashing scheme to be perfectly secure. And we describe the construction of hashing and perfectly secure hashing schemes for graphs. And at the end, we show the performance results for the construction. So here, I, I want to mention that these are the first schemes uh, proposed by us uh, uh, to address directed graphs which have both SQLs and which don't have SQLs uh, to compute uh, hash value of these kind of graphs. Uh, we don't uh, need to go into much detail into mathematical proofs and um, ma mathematical definitions of hashing scheme, but just briefly, so a standard hashing scheme consists of two probabilistic polynomial time algorithms, gen and hash, satisfying the following requirements. So basically these algorithms have two sub-algorithms or sub uh, functions. Uh, one is the key generation where a random key is generated using some probabilistic key generation algorithm. And then for computing the hash, uh, we use this random key which is generated in the first step uh, to compute a hash of the input string. So for example here, uh, x is the input string, hash is the hash function and to that hash function we give that random key which was generated in the first step to compute a string uh, which is a binary string and whose length is L and lambda is a security parameter uh, which is implicit uh, in the key generation of uh, the random key. So usually uh, whenever some hashing function or hashing scheme is developed, so th there is this collision finding experiment. So what do we, we mean by collision? So if we have two different strings or if we have two different values and we compute their separate hash functions or we compute their separate hash values. So if those values uh, came to the same output uh, compressed string, it means there is a, a collision. So a good hash function uh, should be such that uh, the, the probability of two different strings uh, having the same hash computation value should be negligible. In fact, uh, I am using this term negligible in a very loose term. In cryptographic, uh, this is very critical that no two strings uh, uh, under some uh, cryptographically constraints uh, should end up having the same hash value. 
So we call a hash function collision resistant if for all probabilistic polynomial time adversaries there exists a negligible function such that the probability of hash collision is 1 and this probability is less than negligible function. So uh, let us don't go uh, into detail of this uh, mathematical explanation. So we use this basic definition of standard hashing scheme uh, and we come up with formalism with uh, we come up with formalism for Cullian resistance graph hashing scheme. So how we can use this standard graph hashing scheme uh, for Cullian resistant graph hashing scheme. So uh, a graph hashing scheme basically consists of four functions generate, hash, graph redact and graph verify. So of these four, these three functions are probabilistic, are randomized algorithms and the last one is the deterministic algorithm. So basically uh, in all of these schemes, the first part is the key generation algorithm. So the, we generate a key which we give as input to hash function for computing the hash value of a graph. And the function which generates that key is uh, uh, generates that key using some random function or using some random computation. Uh, that's why this is called a probabilistic key generation algorithm. Uh, we use that key which is generated in the first step and we give that key as input to this hash function and here you can see that to this method we are actually passing a complete graph which consists of a set of vertices and a set of edges and ultimately this function returns us a binary representation of the hash of that graph. So uh, when we talk about graph hashing scheme, so there are two more methods, graph reduction and graph verify. So just in simple layman terms, the redacted graph or reduction of a graph is that part of a graph which is not, uh, which is that part of graph that is not returned to the user. So we have an original graph G and to the user we return as part of subquery result a subgraph G dash. So G minus G dash, that part of the graph, which is not part of the uh, subquery result, which is returned to the user, that is known as a redacted subgraph. So why we need redacted subgraph? As I explained to you earlier, that when the result is returned to the user by the third party agent, so the third party publisher also returns to the user a set of a verification object. That set of verification object along with the queries, query result which is uh, received by the user is actually used to determine the integrity of the complete data. Uh, this graph verification function is actually executed by the user on the user side. So uh, the user on its behalf has a graph hash value which is the original hash value of the complete graph a set of subgraphs which are returns as part of the query result and a set of verification object which is returned by the third party publisher to the user to verify the integrity of the data. So how we can uh, 
verify the correctness of these schemes. So basically, uh, formally there are these these two mechanisms: hashing correctness and hash reduction correctness. So the first thing is called empty reduction. So so suppose a user runs a query where the query result is the complete original graph. So in that case, the user receives the complete original graph as part of subgraph. Uh, as part of the query result and uh, here we can see if we compute the redacted graph that redacted graph will be an empty graph so the verification object set which is returned to the user as part of the redacted subgraph will be empty so if we compute the verify if when we execute the verification function at, at the user side the output will be one the other is the hash reduction correctness. So, so uh, this is the other case uh, where the user is retrieving a subgraph as part of the query result and we compute a redacted subgraph and using that redacted subgraph we compute a set of verification objects. So on the user side, the user has on, uh, on his side three things, a set of subgraphs, a, a verification object set and the hash value of the original graph so he uses all these three values and if the output of this function is one so it means that the data is uh, data has not lost its integrity uh, so let me skip this clean finding experiment and let us move to this perfectly collision resistant hashing of graphs so what do we mean by perfectly collision resistant hashing scheme for graphs? By perfectly we actually mean that uh, when there are some hashing schemes and when those hashing schemes hash some values and they compute a compressed scheme or a compressed string of the input string uh, it is quite possible that uh, there are some security attacks which can actually determine the length of the input string and based on that length of input string they can determine the, uh, the input uh, they can determine some in information about the input uh, which was being uh, hashed so in case of perfectly secure schemes uh, we uh, what actually happens that another random key is generated as part of the uh, hashing function and this mechanism ensures that the user is not able to infer any information about the length of the input strings or about the length about the length of the input string uh, in case of string or text data or about the content of the graph which was being hashed So, so once again, when we talk about perfectly secure graph hashing schemes, so there are four functions, perfect graph hashing scheme generation, perfect graph hash, perfect graph hash reduction, and perfect graph hash verification. So we can see here that here we generate two random keys, S and R, and we use two of these uh, random keys S and R and we pass those keys to a perfectly secure hash function H and this hash function 
takes as input a graph g and it outputs uh, a hash value which is uh, some digital signature of that complete hash graph. This hash reduction function is uh, similar to the uh, uh, previous hash reduction that reducted graph is that part of the graph which is not returned to the user as part of the subquery result. This hash verification function it is again similar to the previously discussed hash verification function is executed by the user on the user side. So the user has the hash value of the original graph it has a set of subgraphs which are returned as part of the subquery result and it has a set of verification object. So on the user side the user uses this information to actually uh, compute a value. If that value is one the user is assured that the integrity of data has not been violated. Once again uh, I will skip this Collian finding experiment. And, uh, and, and now comes a, a little bit uh, uh, interesting part of the talk. So th there was a lot of mathematics in the previous slides and I know this was a little bit dry. But I will take a pause here and uh, let us have a few questions. Before going to uh, a later part of my talk, uh, let me go back again in one of my earliest slides and diagram. <coughs> so uh, in this diagram basically there are three entities. There are users. Users actually want to retrieve some information or some data which is stored on some server over the internet. And we say that this server is actually storing that information and that data and that data and that server is untrusted. So that server can be compromised. On the other side, that server can in fact forge some data. So we can see here there are some data owners. Some data owners actually pay to these service providers to publish those data. To publish their data or store their data and information on the hardware and software services which are being provided by third party data distributors to publish their data. So basically the owners of the data uh, just uh, give all of their data to some third party data publishers and they pay them that if users are uh, trying to retrieve some information that you take care of this data storage and security and etc etc software configuration installation uh, etc etc on my behalf. So the users actually issue the queries. Uh, so what happens, these third party servers actually publish the data. So th there can be multiple users who actually issue the query to this third party server. The third party server actually processes that query and returns the output as part of subgraph to the user. So here we can see that this third party server actually returns a subgraph and a set of verification object. So when I say verification object, so verification object is a set of vertices and edges which we compute using the redacted subgraph. Redacted subgraph is that part of the graph which is not returned to the user as part of the subquery. So 
the user uh, on its side runs this algorithm graph verification so users receives a subgraph from this server and a set of verification object to compute this verification object uh, this server actually runs a function which is known as graph reduction algorithm so this algorithm is run on the server side so these two things are sent to the user by the server and the original data owner has actually a value which is known as the hash value of the complete graph we can consider it some kind of key or some kind of certificate that we can compare against to verify that this data has not been forged so this is the uh, big picture and uh, and in this paper as i discussed that uh, we are dealing with specific kind of graphs which are directed graph and those graphs can have cycles and those graphs cannot have cycles so we are not dealing with general graphs where we can have undirected edges so that problem is more complex and that is uh, not the focus of this uh, current work So uh, here is the secret sauce uh, which we use to develop these algorithms how to break the original structure of a directed graph which has sequels and which don't have sequels to develop a new data structures which we call efficient tree. So let me ask you how many of you have taken uh, algorithms course? Okay, very good. So in, in, in the algorithms course the most fundamental algorithms are breadth first search and depth first search algorithm and if you have interviewed for some of the software companies so the most commonly asked question is what are different tree traversals on these graphs for example pre-order traversal post-order traversal in-order traversal so if you go back to Corman's computer introduction to algorithms book and you study this algorithm depth first search algorithm and once you run those depth first search algorithm so that algorithm classifies the directed edges of a graph into four types of edges tree edges forward edges cross edges and back edges so there is so basically the the scheme which we use that we have at our uh, on our side or at our hand a directed graph so we run depth first search algorithm on that direct directed graph uh, and during that depth first search algorithm we assign pre and post processing numbers to to each and every node of a graph so once we assign those pre and post processing numbers to each and every node of a graph so we can use uh, this information to actually break the structure of the original graph so there is a lemma uh, that the pair of post-order and pre-order numbers for a node in a non-binary tree correctly and uniquely determines the position of the node in the structure of the tree where the position of a node is defined by its parent and its status as the left or right child of the parent so this is a very uh, interesting result some uh, some graph theoretician produced this results that if we assign pre order number and post order number to each and every node of a graph 
and then we break that graph it means we have only set of vertices so we can then use that information which is stored inside the vertices of that graph to in fact construct the original graph so just remember that uh, when we are doing this uh, depth first traversal and we are assigning pre-processing and post-processing numbers so we have four kind of edges tree edges back edges forward edges and cross edges actually what we want to do why we are assigning pre-processing number and post-processing number to the vertices of the graph so the job we want uh, the task or the target we want to achieve is to modify the original directed graph into another graph uh, where we don't have this forward cross and back edges but we have the tree edges so we want to have a mechanism where I have transformed the original graph into another graph and in that other graph I don't have forward cross and back edges but somehow I have some additional information stored in that new graph that if I use that additional information I can reconstruct the original graph so this way from a directed graph which has sequels I construct a new graph which is again a directed graph but which is without forward cross and back edges so it means in the new graph we don't have cycles so uh, if you uh, assign pre-processing number and post-processing number so you, you will see that the post order number of a node is always smaller than that of its parent the pre-order number of a node is greater than that of its parent the in-order number of a node in a binary tree is greater than that of its left child and smaller than that of its right child and a specific traversal number of a node is always smaller than that of its right sibling so let us go through an example so here we have a directed graph which is composed of seven vertices g1 g2 g3 and up till g7 so if we assign the pre-order numbers so pre-order number once uh, when you run depth first search algorithm so basically it is a pre-order number of it assigns a pre-order number to the vertices of the graphs so so the pre-order number of uh, vertices g1 to g7 are assigned uh, like this vertice g1 is assigned a pre-order number 1 g2 is assigned number 2 g3 is assigned number 3 so the recursion is going in depth first manner then at g3 we have three children so we go to g4 it is assigned as number 4 then we go to g6 it is assigned number 5 then we go to g7 it is assigned number 6 uh, and then we traverse back and g5 is assigned number 7 uh, this middle column is for post order numbers so post order numbers are assigned you can see here in this diagram that the post order number of g7 is 1 so we started depth first recursion starting from node 1 and we went all the way up till the root so there was no recursion beyond that level at that level we assigned the post order number value of 1 to this vertex v7 so by using a depth first traversal of a directed graph which has cycles we assign both pre and post order numbers to each and every vertex of that graph so once we have this information available with us we can actually decompose and break the structure of the graph
now here we, we can see that uh, there are four kinds of edges so there is uh, this edge which is going back this is called back edge there is this cross edge and then there is this forward edge how we can determine that this is back edge this is forward edge and this is uh, cross edge and there are these edges which are called forward edges this is a very standard uh, material which is present in Corman's book uh, actually we can use these post order number and pre order numbers uh, to determine whether an edge is forward cross back and forward for example for the tree edge uh, let ox and qx refer to the post order number and pre order number of a node x respectively with respect to depth first search tree so it is a tree edge if the post order number of x is greater than the post order number of y and the pre-order number of x is less than pre-order number of y. Similarly, there are some other rules uh, using which we can determine forward edge, cross edge and back edge. So once we have this information, actually we can decompose the original graph. So uh, let us now look at this diagram. So suppose I have this original graph available with me. In this original graph, I run depth first search algorithm and uh, I assign both pre-processing, pre-order and post-order number to all the vertices. Now in this graph, we can see the edge from B to C, a B to F, this is a forward edge. So using the pre and post-order uh, number of node B and pre and post-order uh, post number of node F, I can classify this edge as a forward edge. So once I classify this edge as a forward edge, so I can actually remove this edge from the original graph and I can create a new graph and in that new graph I create a specialized node which I called for example a super node and then I create a new edge uh, from the original or source node to that super node. So this super node which is basically a forward edge from node B to F this contains information about the pre and post order numbers of both the source and destination. So this way uh, we can see here in this figure B this edge which originates from C up to left this is a cross edge we can classify this as a cross edge so what happens in the original graph we remove this edge and we create another specialized node called super node with the name CE and I create a new edge uh, which I call uh, uh, and I create a new edge from that source node up till that super node so you can and I once this new tree is generated uh, we can see that in this new tree now there are no cycles so these cycles were basically because of these forward edges uh, and cross edges so once I have this uh, uh, updated uh, tree which is basically a directed tree but in this directed tree I have removed forward cross and back edges but this updated tree inside these super nodes contains that information in the form of pre and post processing number I can actually use this information to construct the original graph so using this directed tree once again uh, the next step is that we we, uh, we want to create a just a two level data structures which we call 
efficient tree representation of this directed tree. <coughs> As we might uh, recall from our previous slide that Merkle hash technique is basically a bottom-up technique uh, which computes the hash value in a bottom-up fashion. So uh, here basically we create a data structure which is just two levels deep and uh, we arrange all of these vertices uh, whether they are the original graph vertices or the newly created vertices which we call super nodes and we arrange them maybe in some pre and post order fashion and using this newly created data structure we compute the hash value for the original graph. So this was the uh, basic scheme which we used uh, in our algorithm uh, to break to take care of the cycles in directed graph and how to compute the hash value of uh, those graphs which have cycles inside them. These are the algorithms, so, so I, I will not go uh, line by line into their details. So there are three algorithms. The first algorithm is to compute how to compute the hash value of the input graph. I just explained to you that we have a graph. So using pre-order and post-order numbers, we remove forward, cross and back edges and we create a new graph which is a directed graph. And inside that new graph, we have the information of pre and post-order number of each the node encoded. So using that newly created directed graph, uh, we create another two-level data structure which we call an efficient tree which is a two-level data structures or a two-level tree. And once that efficient tree is generated, so then we can use the standard Merkle hash technique in a bottom-up fashion to compute a global signature value or a global hash value of the original graph. Uh, so, uh, as I explained to you what we do in uh, graph reduction algorithms, so when a query of a user comes the and user is returned a subgraph, so the graph reduction algorithms computes that part of the graph. It means it tries to determine those vertices and edges which were not part of the graph and it generates a set of verification object which is also sent by the third party untrusted server as part of query result to the user. Uh, so, so this process or this algorithm that how to compute a reduction of a graph and generate a set of verification object is known as graph reduction algorithm. The next, uh, uh, the last algorithm is the graph verification. So this algorithm is run by the user on his site. So user has three things with him. So he has the global hash value of the graph. Then from the third party untrusted server, he has a set of subquery results and he has a set of verification objects. So the user uses all these things and he computes another hash value, suppose gh dash, and then the user computes that gh dash are a newly computed hash value with the original hash value gh which was sent to the user by the data owner. So if this value is same, the user is assured that the integrity of the data has not been violated. 
Once again, uh, when I say about the integrity of data, so in graphs there are vertices and there are edges. So we want that the content which is stored inside the vertices that has not been modified and the structure of the graph has not been modified. By structure I mean nobody has added or deleted some vertices and edges of the graph. If somebody has tried to forge or change either the content or the structure of the graph in the query result which is sent to the user so th this uh, condition will fail and zero will be returned so so, so the, the user has a mechanism to verify that the result which i have received that is not true or somebody has forged this information so uh, the, as the main scheme or the main mechanism underlying our algorithm is uh, graph traversals and when we talk about graph traversals mostly they are they are order v plus e complexity algorithms number of vertices and number of edges but but it is a little bit uh, more detailed than that uh, and i don't want to go into detail so so uh, to actually uh, evaluate and test the applicability of our algorithms and the scalability of the algorithms so uh, so we used some real world data sets which are available on Stanford uh, large graph library. So for example here you can see that this web Google graph has almost uh, 875,000 vertices and it has almost 5 million edges. This was the largest graph uh, on which uh, uh, we ran our algorithms. Uh, so in, in my performance results, basically we conducted three kind of experiments. So on the user side, user computes the hash value. So when the user computes the hash value, so we first of all generate a tree which we call efficient tree. And once that efficient tree is generated, so using that efficient tree, we compute the hash value of the original graph. So this green bar is the efficient tree generation time where we assign pre and post processing number and break the structure of a graph and construct uh, an efficient tree and this red bar is actually the graph computation time so here you can see in all of these graphs this hash computation time this goes uh, up up um, this is a large compared to the efficient tree construction so yeah basically what happens uh, as, as you remember in the merkel hash technique so uh, we go on computing the hash value of all the nodes in the efficient tree and then we go on concatenating and that concatenation generates a very large string and at each step so uh, iteratively or recursively that strings goes on increasing and we have to compute a hash value of that string so the larger the graph is the larger the time to compute this hash computation so here we have uh, th three graphs uh, uh, this hash computation this is for uh, standard hashing scheme for graphs and then there are these two these two graphs uh, they deal with perfectly Klein resistant hashing scheme for graphs where we generate or add another key and here we can uh, when we generate a random key that random key has a length so here we have uh, two experiments where one of the key has length 128 bit and the other key has length 256 bits so, so we can see that as we increase the key length, the efficient tree computation time also increases.
in this uh, second experiment so uh, basically what what we are doing so i am changing the graph size on the x axis so it means a graph is as we are going along the x axis the number of nodes and vertices are increasing and the, uh, along the y axis we have the computation time and i am plotting three functions or three values efficient tree computation time and hash computation time and the g hash is the total computation time which is the topmost bar which is basically the sum of the lowest two bars uh, we can see that again in case of perfectly hash scheme as we go from left to right this this, this time to compute uh, these values along the y axis they goes on increasing so for example here the time is approximately 30 second and here we can see that it is 70 seconds here it is 50 seconds so so because of that uh, other random key generation it has itself uh, an internal computation cost so that increases the time to compute the hash value uh, this is the uh, another set of experimental results so this is the graph reduction time so we know that this graph reduction function this is run on the this is run by the untrusted or third party server so basically if the sub query size which is returned to the user if that sub query result is very small it means that untrusted server has to compute a reducted graph which has a very large value so we can see here that these are the number of sub graph nodes uh, maybe 10k 20k 30k these are the sub query result size which is returned to the user but we can see that for the smallest sub size the time to reduct is the highest this is because so reducted subgraph is actually the other part of the graph which is not returned to the user and on the on the third party agent had to do a lot of computation and we can see that this trend in all other graphs that as we increase the subquery result size the reducted subgraph uh, time actually goes on decreasing and this is the last set of experimental results the verification of the integrity uh this is being run on the user side so user has the hash value of the original graph it has sub query results and it has a set of verification objects so as the user we can see along the x axis uh, this is the sub query result uh, which a user is receiving so as the sub query result size is increasing uh the time to compute or time to verify the result it is also increasing this is because Uh, as part of this algorithm when the user receives a set of verification objects from the third party server so on the user side the user recomputes the hash value of the uh, hash value of the nodes in that reducted subgraph so that computation involves uh, that that computation involves uh, some time intensive operations so Uh, what is the future work or extension so so when we talk about graphs uh, so okay we have computed as we know graphs are very large scalability is an issue and once we have computed a graph it is quite possible that graph is updated so are there some mechanisms that we if some some nodes are added and deleted from that graph so so that we don't have to run these algorithms which are very time consuming to compute uh, an updated or global hash value of that graph so we did some initial work uh, along this line but uh, but so so far our results are not crystallized uh, that is our future line of research 
so thank you uh, with, with this uh, i come to an end of my talk and uh, 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 please if you have any questions uh, please feel free to ask thank you